Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking show. I am your host, Brett Ridgway, and I'm excited today to have a gentleman I've known for several years. We're part of a joint mastermind together, but I think he's a brilliant businessman, and he'll have a lot to share with you today, but his name is Davey Tybersky, and Davey's vast experience serves him well in his efforts to grow his company's brands and his 501c3 organization, Pastor360.com. For over three decades, he has shared his profit-generating strategies and techniques with 500K-plus startup entrepreneurs to 1 billion-plus companies, including Microsoft, Kellogg's, FedEx, Manpower, Firestone, New Balance, and the Walt Disney Company, just to name a few. He has earned the title of Chief Profit Officer, and his public speaking and private client list continues to grow because he delivers what every entrepreneur, company, professional practitioner, and organization wants more profit. He's the author of several books, including the Profit Book 21 Unique Ways to Increase Sales, Improve Cash Flow, and Boost Your Bottom Line. You can claim your free copy of the book by visiting freeprofitbook.com. You see it on the screen there, and we'll make sure it's in the show notes down below. But welcome, Davey Tybersky, to the Spot Island Speaking Show. Thank you, Brett, man. Excited to be here. When you asked me to be a guest on your podcast, I'm like, yes, sign me up. Definitely. I want to see how I can serve you and your listeners, buddy. Well, I so appreciate it. I know you will definitely share some nuggets today that will help that aspiring speaker out, Davey. So let's rewind a little bit first, though, and, and get into how you got into the speaking industry in the first place, because you have a a very storied and interesting background of different vocations that you've had over the years, but what all led you to where you're at today? Absolutely. Well, I started as a part-time speaker, which everybody should start out as, right? You should not jump in totally with both feet, invest a couple hundred thousand dollars on marketing and not and realize that you've got a lot of work to do, right? So I started part-time. Actually, uh, you know, I spent 20 years in prison. Okay. <laughs> Define. <laughs> See, in my keynote talk, I'll let that simmer, Brett, for like about eight seconds. And yeah. then the air goes completely out of the room. And then I let him <laughs> off the hook. And I say, yeah, actually, I spent 20 years in corporate America and held positions in really the five key areas of business, right? Marketing, sales, customer service, operations, and getting paid. And uh, as I was doing that, uh, one of the things was I, I, I led a large uh, uh, sales team, right, for a multi-billion dollar company. And uh, so I was in the sales role for many, many years. And what was interesting and how I launched my speaking career was the CFO at the company at the time, Mr. Bill Brown, 
he asked me, he said, hey, would you please uh, take, an, take a uh, promotion and I want you to head up our customer service and our credit collections department. Now, Brett, as you know, uh-huh. salespeople and people that collect money are like on two different ends of the spectrum, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Mr. Brown, I, I don't have any experience in accounts receivable, no experience in credit collections. He's like, no, 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 but you've got the most important things, which is you know how to build relationships, you're a good communicator, and you know how to follow up. And those are the three things you need to be successful in accounts receivable. It's really the same thing in, in all of your speaking businesses. As you listen here, you really just need three or four key things. You don't need 500. So getting back to the story, I said, well, of course, I'll take that, I'll take that challenge. So I, uh, I took the role of vice president of customer relationship management and I headed up everything from the time the order came in until we collected the cash from the hospitals that we were dealing with. Now, of course, I didn't know anything about credit collections, right? I knew a lot about customer service, knew a lot about sales. So one of the things which I encourage all of your listeners to do, for instance, in one of your programs is you got to go find someone who understands, like in my case, I had to go find people that really understood accounts receivable. So I went to every seminar that I possibly could sign up for. I joined a few private groups so I can learn more about accounts receivable. And that's really how I got really good at managing the order to cash cycle. So I didn't try to figure it out on my own. I went out and found people like you, for instance, in the speaking business that understand what needs to be done and more importantly, what doesn't need to be done. And I followed the path. So then let's talk about how I got into speaking. So at one of these seminars, bro, check it out. I was, you know, like like you, you go to seminars, you know, I was sitting in the front row of a breakout room. It was an accounts receivable speaker. And I'm sitting in the front row. I get there really early. So I start chatting with him and he's like, you know, tell me about your background. I told, you know, the story. I used to be in sales and sales management and our sales meetings were, you know, cartwheels and high fives and million dollar budgets. And and now I'm in this accounts receivable meeting where let's just say the budget was a little bit smaller. So I told him I'm now heading up accounts receivable and Brett, he looked at me like I had two heads. He's like, why did you go to the dark side? You know, you had this glamorous <laughs> life in sales and now you're moving over to credit and collections accounts receivable. So didn't have time to finish my story. So he starts his presentation. So it's like eight in the morning. As a matter of fact, it was in Las Vegas. It was the National Association of Credit Management. Over 2,000 attendees there. So I'm sitting in the front row and dude, he's like, I don't know, three minutes into his presentation. And some lady in the back starts heckling him. She said something like, there's no way that's going to work because the salespeople hate us. And I'm sitting up front. I'm like, I'm kind of chuckling inside. I'm like, shit, this is better than coffee, man. This is going to be exciting. He goes, well, hold on a second. He goes, I've got someone in the room today that has over 10 years of sales and sales management experience. Davey, would you like to stand up and address her concern? Now, remember, I'm sitting in the front row. I'm not looking. I never looked behind me. I was just looking forward. Brett, I stand up. There's like two, 300 people in the breakout room. So I get a handheld mic and I say, ma'am, here's what I would do. I have 10 years of sales and sales management. Here's what I'd suggest. And then I had a follow-up question from another attendee. Now, don't take me long to figure out. I'm like, hey, I ain't the paid speaker here. <laughs> you know, why Why am I answering this dude's questions when he's the paid speaker and I'm supposed to be the attendee? So bottom line is, at the, at the uh, end of that second question, I said, look, obviously some of you have some questions about how do you work closer with credit and sales teams. I said, after the breakout, I said, just meet me outside and I'd be happy to, you know, exchange information. Quite honestly, I forgot that I made that statement. So now it's 90 minutes past this presentation. I mean, 90 minutes he's done. I go into the hallway to get to the coffee line and I look like behind me and there's like 50, 60 people in the coffee. Line. I'm thinking this must be some great coffee here. So I get, I get my cup of coffee. I start moving away from the table. Guess what the line does? 
the line follows me like a like a bunch of bees and You're they're asking Piper, man. <laughs> so i'm like ha so that's how i got started in the speaking business i didn't plan on being a keynote speaker i didn't plan on getting into the speaking business but for all your listeners, you know, when when you're when a clue is presented to you and you have people asking you questions, for instance, in my case, asking how to build that stronger relationship between the credit and sales teams, that's called a clue. And actually that night, brother, I went back to my room. I took my audio recorder and actually that was my first book. Hopefully you can see it here. It was called uh, right here. It's called The Insider's Guide. It's actually from conflict to cooperation, The Insider's Guide to a Strong Credit and Sales Relationship. And I looked at the copyright on the book. <laughs> that was in 2010. Yeah. 2010. So what I did was, uh, after that, I got the book done, obviously. And then uh, what I realized was, is, hey, I should start doing keynote talks with credit and salespeople in the, in the same room. And that's how I launched my speaking career. I started with paying attention to what the clues were. And then obviously getting my first book done in 2010. And then marketing myself to different associations where I could go in and speak as a keynote speaker to their organizations and, you know, been doing it ever since. So Davey, how long did the period between starting that speaking journey and still doing the, you know, credit for that particular company overlap before you went solo? Yeah. So I would say I was doing part-time talks for probably, and by the way, when I did, a, when I did a talk, I actually, for the company, I put my vacation slip in, I took that time off. I took personal vacation time. So, you know, as you know, I'm a man of integrity. I didn't do anything. As a matter of fact, all the executives knew that I was a part-time speaker. Um, I told them that, you know, I'm going on this trip. I'm speaking in Vegas. Here's my itinerary. So I over-communicated because I didn't want anybody to think I was doing anything on the table. Mm -hmm. So I'd say it was about a three-year part-time journey. And then, of course, I retired. And then um, I took about a year off. And then I really cranked up my keynote and my consulting after that. All right. Now, I like to say, David, there are, are three types of speakers in my mind. One is a keynoter that you, refer, you know, referenced already. The second is what I call the platform seller, which you're very familiar with. And the third is just the business builder speaker, the person who's doing it to make people aware of the products and services, but they're not directly selling from the stage. They're the chiropractor or the attorney or whatever it may be. So which of those arenas have you played in and which of those arenas do you like the best? Yeah, great question. So I'm, you know, I consider those flavors of ice cream, right? It's all ice cream at the end of the day, but there's different flavors of ice cream. So I started obviously with keynote speaking, right? Because that was my launch into speaking to the credit and sales teams. So I started with keynote speaking. Um, obviously, I've sold from the stage. Um, I've done that. And I've, I, I still do today. Uh, as a matter of fact, all three of those. The one, the last one is speaking for lead generation. And as you know, our youngest son, Dylan, started a company called Affluent Auto Spa. And what I've been showing him is you got to get your book done and then you got to start doing, you know, mini talks at the PTA and the Chamber of Commerce to tell people about what you do and how you do it. Mm -hmm. So I played in all three of those arenas. I'd say my favorite would be a keynote, a keynote talk. I think the middle one, speaking from a platform, speaking from stage to sell is similar to like the PGA or, uh, or the Lyft Tour, right? The PGA Tour, like you either perform or you don't eat. And it's almost the same thing from platform selling. So there's a lot of variables in that business. There's a lot of folks out there that do it really well. Uh, and there's a, quite a few that maybe don't do it as well as they should, which is why they should look for you to understand some of those secrets <laughs> and some of those things that you should not do selling from stage. But I always I always enjoy the keynote talk. Um, you know, I like to get there early. I like to go to different sessions. I like to talk to the folks. And regardless if I hit a bunch of bogeys 
or or I get or a, a bunch of triple bogeys, I'm still eating from the table because it's a All flat right. fee. And of course, they cover my expenses as well. And of course, most of the time, Gail comes with me. So we have a chance to do a little mini vacation or whatever. Sure. So obviously, you're a great storyteller, baby. And I, you know that's one of the things I enjoy in conversing with you at any point in time. But aside from being a great storyteller, what do you think maybe your three biggest keys to success as a, as a speaker have been? Uh, man, I think finding the the folks that uh, can write you the check. I think that's a very important part. Uh, there's, especially these days, Brett, you know, there's so many bright, shiny objects. There's so many things that, oh, you should market this way. You should market that way. You should use social media. You, I mean, there's so much. It just makes your, your mind spin. Um, I believe that uh, I believe in quality, not quantity. Again, let me say that again. I believe in quality and not quantity. So my, I would say one of my keys to success that took me a while to figure out, of course, is really focusing more on the high quality folks that I can build deep relationships with that have the checkbook or at least can refer me to the person who has the checkbook to pay my fee as a keynote speaker. That would definitely be one of them. Okay. I think the sec I think the second one would be uh, you know the lesson I learned with uh, kind of starting out in in my keynotes. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of different ways to generate additional income from keynote speaking. So people think you have to sell from the platform to earn a lot of money. Well, if you do it right um, in keynote speaking, you could do a lot of creative things. For instance, you can take you could take the profit book. You can see the picture there. You can get a sponsor. So as an example, if I was speaking to a business group, let's say here in San Antonio. I would find out who are the other vendors or companies that that person works with. I would call them uh, and say, for instance, let's say a Mexican restaurant and say, hey, uh, Brett, I'm David Tybersky. I'm known as America's chief profit officer. I've been blessed to speak at the Chamber of Commerce meeting. Would you like to have your logo on the front of my book? Um, and I basically explained the program of how they can put their logo there because books never get thrown away. So there's another way where I can have an outside sponsor, for lack of a better word, pay for the books. And obviously, there's a significant markup in the, in the books themselves. But then I also get paid the keynote fee, for instance, for speaking to the Chamber of Commerce. So that would be the second second component. I would say the third, from my perspective, um, is, is, is making sure you know the word no and you're able to say it. And that's not K-N-O-W. That's capital N, capital O, no. Um, I think starting out, yes, is probably the right answer. But as you start to look at quality and not quantity, uh, bottom line is it's, uh, you know, you need to learn when to say no because there may not be a significant revenue opportunity there. There may not be a, a, an opportunity on the back end to build your list. So saying no at the right time also, I think, would be another key, key to my success. All right, so Davey, you talk about the importance of finding the person with the checkbook or the person that can direct you to the person with the checkbook. So what are some of your best tools or tactics that you've used to find those high paying speaking gigs? That's great. Well, this is, this is, I don't know if anyone's ever, you probably never heard this one. Um, like I live in San Antonio, you know, the river walk and we've got, it's a pretty good tourist town, right? So there's usually a lot of conventions that come here. Um, and you can, you can go through the top 50 list of the top cities where conventions are held. Uh, San Antonio, I believe is in, you know, it's probably in the top 50. I don't know exactly where it is today when we're doing the, uh, the interview, but what, what I did starting out is I actually, uh, went through and just Googled some conventions in San Antonio, 
found out what hotel they were at. And remember, there's a there's a BDA. There's before, during, and after any event, right? So I know just based on my history and and you know some of the clients I've worked with in the past, some of the heavy hitters in the, in the industry. But I know that the day before is setup day. So what I used to do is drive downtown. I knew the hotel. I would go to the hotel, and obviously, if people were setting up, the meeting planners there, the event planners there, they want to make sure everything's set up correctly. Sure. In some cases, they're there two days before. And uh, I would just, quote, accidentally be at the hotel, and I'd have a few copies of my book with me in my backpack. And uh, I, for instance, if I saw you in the hallway, I'd be like, oh, hey, I'm Davey Tybersky. You guys running an event here? Yeah, it's the National Association of Fill-in-the-Blank. Oh, wow. It's like the meeting or event planner here or whatever. And I would say, here's exactly what I'd say, Brett. Hey, Brett, I understand you're the meeting planner. I know you're really busy. I ran national sales meetings for over 2,000 people, but I just want to leave you a copy of my book. How do you want it signed? To Brett, is that two T's or one T? And I would I would not ask him. I would basically just sign the book right there. And then in the back of the book, or actually right after I signed it, the second page, I had one of my six-page speaking brochures. And I said, if there's any way, Brett, that I can serve you, and again, I know you're busy today, but any way I can serve you or your members, uh, please let me know. I'd be happy to serve you. And I would just leave them alone at that point. Now, let's let's break that down in a couple of things. First is that I have the opportunity to at least shake your hand and say hello. Was it an email or a text message? Yeah. No. Uh, second thing, I gave them something physical, right? Uh, I gave them a copy of the book, the profit book. I signed it personally. So that's something they're probably never going to throw away. And then third, I put uh, the speaking brochure in there to tell them a little, about, a little more about me and how I can serve their potential members and those type of things. And I still have relationships with a lot of those people that uh, now, again, do they book me every year? No. But can they answer the question when someone asks them, hey, do you have a speaker in San Antonio that can speak to a business group so I can get referrals from those mm -hmm. relationships as well? Gosh, the personal touch. What a novel idea in business these days, huh? <laughs> That's right. Right. I, I'm an old school dude, man. I, you, know, you and I are cut from the same cloth where you got to do your repetitions, man. You got you to gotta just work at it and uh, try to do everything that you can and try to do those things that most people won't do because they don't like doing the repetitions. All right. So I have a couple other questions I want to ask you, Davey. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Perfect. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world and now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world? If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on the Speaking Show. And my guest this week is Davey Tybersky. And so, Davey, one of my favorite questions to ask my guest is, all right, bear your soul a little bit here, buddy. Share maybe a, an embarrassing mistake or two that you made along the way that you would highly encourage aspiring speakers not to make. Wow. Um, this is always on my desk. This is my <laughs> 1980s. <laughs> Still has a little solar panel at the top calculator. <laughs> and uh, you, are, say, you are old school, man. <laughs> I am, hey, listen, it actually has keys on it. You know, I could use my phone too, but I, I like my 1980s calculator. Uh, I would say, uh, I would say that one of my mistakes was not moving fast enough. Mm -hmm. um, bottom line was I knew I had a lot of success part-time speaking. Um, 
you know, obviously I had rave reviews, uh, boatload of testimonials from the companies that I was blessed to speak to and those type of things. But one of the things I always like to do is, is do the math on really two things. One, what's the potential opportunity? So in this case, what's a revenue opportunity? Or you can also use the calculator to figure out how much money you're leaving on the table. And uh, I would say that one of the things that I've learned from, which, by the way, my, my pastor tells me since you have a beard, my pastor tells me all the time because learn to shave on another man's face. And what he's basically saying is <laughs> learn from other people's mistakes. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, I appreciate the question. And I believe that the mistake I made was I didn't move quick enough on getting that first book done. Uh, so let's just do easy math for me. Let's say I was doing 10 keynotes at the time each year. And let's say each keynote was 10 grand. Okay, great. That's good money from a keynote perspective. But I did the math on how much money I left on the table because I didn't have the book done. So for instance, at every talk, if there's 500 people now, let's, let's actually do the math on the 1980s calculator. So let's do 10 talks times 500 people at each talk. That's 5,000 people. Let's assume that half of those people either would have purchased the book or they would have had the company bought them the book. So let's divide that by two. That's 2,500 times $20, that's $50,000 right there that I know I left on the table because I didn't get the book done soon enough. Yeah. And I didn't have anything else to offer other than my voice uh, in those keynote presentations. Mm -hmm. So the lesson would be, you know, use the 1980s or 1990s or whatever <laughs> decade you're in and uh, do the math on, on really getting an understanding of how much money you're leaving on the table or how much potential money you can make by changing your business model to some degree. Yeah, you know, obviously the lesson is here. You can't change the past, everybody. But I'm asked that question often myself, Dave. You know, what was the, maybe the biggest mistake you made? And you know, my answer these days is not doing what I'm doing now ten years ago. You know, not having the courage to step out there. You know, how much money have have I left on the table, and how many people have I not been able to help by not putting myself out there? So, yeah, I mean, you can do the math and all that, but don't be afraid to. Go for it, people, because if you have a message that you need to share, you're truly doing a disservice both to yourself and to others by not being out there. So absolutely. All right, David. So I want to give you a couple of minutes if you would tell a little bit people more about what all you're doing today and how they can get involved in your world if they so choose. Sure thing. Well, obviously, the, the profit book would be a good place to start. So it's uh, 21 unique ways to increase your sales, improve your cash flow or boost your bottom line. So wherever you're at in your business. Um, obviously you, you want to increase your sales and obviously you want to improve your cash flow. And obviously we're all looking to improve our bottom line. It's really funny, Brett, because as you and I, we run in the same circles and, you know, there's, let's just say there's a few chess beaters in our industry, right? That, uh, <laughs> like to run around and, you know, last year I made a million dollars. And then, uh, I, you know, and I ask them the most important question, which is how much of that did you keep? Right. And then they run to the bathroom and they kind of disappear after that point. So, uh, I believe that, you know, you need to generate more profit and create a larger gap between your revenue and your expenses, because obviously that gap is is all profit related. So the, the more the more money you can earn, the more people you can serve. That's how I like to say it as well. So I love to work with entrepreneurs, obviously still do a lot of keynotes. I'm also serving as a fractional chief operating officer, so a fractional COO, where I help uh, small to mid-sized companies and really help them from an operations perspective really in those five key areas, their marketing, their sales, their customer service, their operations, and they're getting paid. And that's really what the profit book is all about. It really breaks down each of those areas and gives you what I like to say, some six grade tips, easy to understand that you can implement immediately so you can improve your business and ultimately drive more profit. 
So a fractional chief operating officer role, uh, obviously uh, keynote speaking is another revenue source for me. Our 501c3 called Pastor 360, which mission is to make life and ministry better for pastors. Uh, if you, you know, if you think you and I have a challenging role and those speakers who are listening to the to the interview today, uh, multiply you know that by 10 if, if you happen to serve as a pastor uh, somewhere in the world. So that's my servant's heart side of me that I like to do that. And then I think the last one really is 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 you know as I as I age, you know, as I get more wisdom, I like to share that wisdom to for others to really help them build their own legacies and build their own family legacy as they move on in their businesses. So for instance, in Dylan's case, our son with the Fluent Auto Spa, uh, I spoke at the International Detailers Association. And there you go again, you know, just listening to what the attendees were telling me, uh, they needed help with those five areas of business. So I started, I think I mentioned to you, I started another division of Profit Inner Circle. Uh, we have three divisions now. We're starting a fourth division called Big Money Detailer. And it shows uh, detailers how to earn more so they can ultimately serve more as well. So that's kind of a quick summary on, on what I've been up to these days. All right. So again, you see it on the screen there, but freeprofitbook.com. And Davey's main website is DaveyTyberski.com. You can check that out certainly also. But Davey, my sincere thanks to you. You're a fantastic guest. And obviously your professionalism shows throughout. So I encourage people to check out Davey's world, so to speak. And as always, I wish all of you the greatest of success in all that you do, and may 2023 be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Perfect. Thanks, Brett. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in, and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.